Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. <laughs> <laughs> Did you bring wine? I got the glasses. You guys, I made a quiz. No, I didn't bring anything, but I'm here to have fun. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to the official Broad Wasted Podcast, where we're drunk on theater. I'm your host, Brian Plavsky, and hey there. I won't grow up, but wouldn't it be loverly if I can't say no to Hernando's hideaway? We may kiss in a shadow for our secret love, but why can't you behave when Old Man River says, oh, what a beautiful morning? <laughs> Joining us today are the usual stage door Johnnies, including Kevin, Fugue for Tin Horns Jager. Oh, that's a good one. Thanks, Brian. Fugue for Tin Horns Jager. Fugue for Tin Horns <laughs> Kimberly, our real live girl game master and unofficial babysitter for the hour. Girl. I'm here. Yeah, that used to be in my book. It was killed. It killed it. And with us today is someone who you may not know, but you know. And if you don't know, now you know. He spent almost 40 years on Broadway as a music coordinator. He started with Barnum and continues to currently run uh, with Tina and will be uh, on the upcoming MJ the Musical. Some of his highlights are Ain't Too Proud, Oklahoma, The Producers, Jersey Boys, Hairspray, and over a hundred more. Let's give a big broad-waisted welcome to friend of the show. Friend, friend of, of the, the show. show. John Miller. You ready for this? Welcome. Thank you, guys. Glad to be here. First of all, let me say that if I ever do another CD, yeah, I will think carefully of the titles to give you lots, lots of good ammunition to work with. I appreciate that. This one was pretty good, so I'm, I'm looking very forward good. to the yeah, next very one. Good. But, now, but now I have a goal. Yeah, exactly. We're making it very hard Don't for him. <laughs> Um, well, uh, thank you so much for joining us. You can follow him on Instagram at uh, Stage Door Johnny Bass. S T D. Well, that's not how you spell any of that. Nope, that's wrong. S T J Door Johnny uh, Bass. Um, but uh, let's just start with what are you drinking? What are you drinking? What are you drinking? Um, I have some of the Malagro tequila with a little bit of soda. Oh. I do too, and I have it with a cucumber seltzer water. Cool. Yeah, they had Which different is... seltzers going on here today. They didn't have the raspberry one, so I would just put with cucumber. Cucumber is like my favorite flavor of anything. And cucumber and tequila are really good together because one of my Who favorite knew? margaritas is a cucumber loco. That Where? is a cucumber based margarita at the Smith. Oh. Oh, oh I've watched you drink many of those. <laughs> <laughs> now that you mention. <laughs> I am drinking the uh, Hudson Maple Cask Rye Whiskey. It is. My favorite. I'm so obsessed with it. So we good. drink a lot of it. Yes, we do. 
and, I, and, and I'm drinking a very rare vintage of nothing. Oh. <laughs> what year? Yes. Uh, <laughs> I don't. I don't want to embarrass you because it was a year so good yeah. that you. It was. It was 1865 uh -huh. in Panorama, Italy. Oh wow! Oh. We don't. Yeah, yes. you. You broke up the good stuff for us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, let's just start with some questions. So I mentioned that you are a music coordinator. Yes. And a lot of people listening. One, you're our first music coordinator on the show. Two, a lot of people listening may not know what that is, so I'm just going to straight up ask you, what exactly does a music coordinator do? First of all, by the end of this, you might never want to have another music coordinator. <laughs> <laughs> well, we the, love a challenge. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the idea is... When any of us go to a Broadway show mm -hmm. and we see actors on stage, we have some idea of how they got there. Sure. They had an agent, they, they went to a casting audition, maybe they went back a second time, a third time. Mm -hmm. When they were dancers, we probably assume that they did some audition for the choreographer, mm -hmm. they heard about it, or someone wanted them. But no one thinks, nor should they. <laughs> uh, uh, how did those musicians get in that show? Sure. How did they get in that pit? A ladder? Other than walking <laughs> in the stage door. Correct, correct, correct. So uh, the, the main part of the job is to try to find the perfect musicians mm. for that show. Okay. That's the goal. We have no auditions. So it's sort of word of mouth and reputation and uh, the idea is that when you go see a Broadway show, you are hearing the Michael Jordans of all the instruments mm -hmm. playing mm -hmm. there. They are the best of the best. That's awesome. Now, does that, is that just the instrumentation, or do you also help find the, the best um, conductor and, and, and all that? I'm someone that the uh, usually by the time they call me, there usually is a conductor in place. Okay. And uh, if the conductor uh, perceives me as a psychopathic killer, I probably won't get that job. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> um, so every now and then, at the early, early stages, you might get a call from a composer, mm -hmm. might get a call from a producer. We're thinking of uh, any ideas of, uh, of a conductor for this kind of style mm -hmm. show and stuff. But more times than not, by the time I'm brought in, the conductor is pretty much on board. So how, do you, how does like the style or temperament of a particular musician fit with that music director? How do you kind of pair those and match those? I'm sure you have like a mental Rolodex of like what some people like other than others, but kind of how do you, how do you navigate that? Well, let's say you're going to do Les Mis, and let's say you're going to do the Tina Turner show. Okay. Mm -hmm. You sort of have an idea of what players are really ideal for Les Mis mm -hmm. and what players are really ideal for the Tina Turner show. Mm -hmm. Now, in New York City, there are a lot of great players who can do all styles of music. Sure. But the real goal from where I see it is what players truly resonate with that style because they're going to bring something very, very special to that music because of their affinity with that style. Mm -hmm. Sure. So that's part of the decision-making. Okay. Also, 
knowing the personality of the uh, conductor. Uh, the conductor might say, you know, conductor have, might have a certain... First of all, the conductor is going to have certain people who he likes to work with. Sure. The composer might have certain people they like to work with. The orchestrator might have certain people they like to work with. And all these get factored into the equation. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's the temperament of the conductor, because he's the one up there eight times a week. Mm -hmm. So um, you want to make sure you have musicians that you feel are going to be in great resonance with the style of the conductor. Okay, yeah. So even let's break that down a little bit further. When it comes to something like a drummer or a bassist or a clarinetist, um, how does that work within like the context of the show itself? I'll give you, I'll give you the, the latest example. Great. When we were putting together the Tina Turner show, mm -hmm. <clears throat> now... All, all freelance musicians in New York know of terrific drummers. Mm -hmm. I know of terrific drummers, and as a bass player, I play with lots of terrific drummers. But the idea, as I said, who's really the right drummer for the Tina Turner show? And I don't have a list of people who I always use. Mm -hmm. Maybe some people who do what I do do, and they do a great job of it. I always start with who is the perfect person whether I really know this person, whether I've used this person. Mm -hmm. So when thinking of Rocky, there are lots of great choices of people. Lots of musicians in New York play that Tina Turner stuff mm -hmm. fantastically. But I, but I kept on saying, who's the perfect one? I chose a player who had never done Broadway before, mm -hmm. who was out for years with the average white band. And I just called him. Yeah. I said, I don't know if you're interested in getting off the road, mm -hmm. but uh, I just thought that you would be the perfect one for this show. We have an announcement. That's Kevin. That's me. <laughs> Kevin is now the drummer of the Tina Turner music. Now you guys know what I do. And Kevin turned me down. <laughs> <laughs> I was very busy. I didn't want to. I didn't want to. I didn't want to embarrass him. <laughs> he turned me down because you find it interesting. Because the job paid too much, and his accountant said absolutely not. Yeah, that was I, I couldn't deal with that much money. Correct. <laughs> I have a liability when there's yeah. that much money involved. I wanted him. Yeah, I wanted Listen, him. Listen, those tax brackets will get you. Well, Kevin even said, "Can I?" Of course. To tell him. Of course. Kevin even said that he would uh, uh, give a kickback to me. Oh wow! So on paper, yeah, it he was would. getting only less. Sure. Okay. I need to make less money. Right. But I told him the kickback wasn't nearly enough. So, so it's the idea of getting. I call this wonderful musician Rocky Bryant, mm -hmm. who had never done a Broadway show, but I just felt in my gut that Rocky Bryant was a perfect guy for the Tina Turner show, mm -hmm. and win-win. Uh, That's, That's awesome. so cool. That's so cool. Just to think that like you were just like scouring through like musicians and not just like the typical Broadway musician. It wasn't even scouring through musicians. It was more like walking down Broadway and saying to yourself, Tina Turner, the drums, Tina Turner, the drums, Tina Turner, the drums, and some like epiphany. I had no idea if this guy would want to get off the road. I had no idea. Mm -hmm. So if I'm but walking through the Broadway theater district and I hear somebody just going, 
the music man, a trumpet, the music man, a trumpet. I'm like, you're a music coordinator. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you do. <laughs> Give that a shot. Yeah. <laughs> and tell them that you turn the drum chair down. For the team I will. That's my, that's my new thing. That's, that I yes, use. Two trees in a lie. That's always going to be in there. Correct. <laughs> so so you, you've worked on so many Broadway shows or just shows in general. Correct. Do you have a favorite, just like personally, that you love? You know... As a bass player, mm-hmm. uh, as a bass player, and as a guy who loves to play jazz, City of Angels was mm. a killer. Oh, yeah, mm. a as a bass player. player who loves to play, I uh, kind of uh, you know rock and roll. Tommy mm. is a killer. Yeah. Uh, as a bass player who loves to play legit stuff, uh, Les Mis is fantastic. Mm-hmm. So, no, I. I truly love the process of the first phone call. Would you be interested in this? Through thinking about who the right people were, calling them, getting them together for the first time, and knowing on paper it's going to sound good. Mm -hmm. But hearing that collective group of people... It just brings tears to my eyes how fantastic it sounds. Mm -hmm. So... I love the process of it. Mm-hmm. I, it's not a facetious answer. No. To, 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 to what you, so do I have a favorite? I've loved work. There isn't a show I've done that I haven't loved work, working on. It's mm-hmm. the process of it that's just fantastic. Hearing mm-hmm. it for the first time and uh, especially the new shows with, uh, you know, hearing the orchestrations for the first time. It's just an unbelievable thrill. When you see a show, when you're sitting down in the theater and actually watching the show, um, whether you had a hand in it or not, do you find that you just get so locked into the the, the players and the music, do, is there, do you find that you get locked into that too much? Are you able to kind of separate yourself from that and just have like kind of a, 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 a overarching experience in the theater when I'll give a show? you a great example that the one word answer to your question is no. <laughs> 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 City of Angels. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I happen to be sitting next to, who was the writer, the guy that did Mayash? Um, Larry Gelbart. Okay. I happen to be sitting next to Larry Gilbert during a pre preview of 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 this show, and Larry turns to me at the end of his scene. He said, "Did you understand that scene? Did that scene work for you?" I said, "Larry, I'm I'm not the right guy to be to be asking." I said, "There are s- smarter people uh, who you could ask that question to." He said, no, "Just what's your just like gut response to that scene?" I said, "Larry, look, I'm I'm embarrassed." embarrassed to say but uh, I was you know thinking of the sound I was listening to the sound of the bass mm. dur- during that thing so uh, he said but just you're like your kinesthetic <laughs> <laughs> and, and I don't know too many more four syllable words but he said well, what's your kinesthetic response did you did you understand it I said well Larry if, if you put a gun to my head was I following it? Was I invested in the scene? Uh, no. And he said this, which is a great response to a writer. He said, 
that rider should be shot. <laughs> <laughs> so that says a lot about Larry Gabbard. And, uh, and, and yet again, another uh, huge character defect of mine. <laughs> I'm sorry, I was listening to the bass. I, yes, I, I, that's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, on that, we're going to talk about your uh, album in a little bit, but let's play a game. Sure. Yeah. I have my Let's Broadway show cards now, out. Now, let, let me tell you, yeah. this, let me okay. tell you this, guys, Go about me and games. Oh, no. okay? Sure. Okay? I'm probably the only person that not only you've ever had on this show or that you've ever met that has never played Monopoly. Oh, really? <laughs> really? Never? You're missing never, out. Never. So the only game that I'm a huge fan of is a game that you wouldn't know. Okay. It's a game that my family taught me mm-hmm. called Spoons. Oh, I played Spoons. I love Spoons. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's... Brian, no? I mean, I eat them cereal-wise. Do <laughs> you play spoons? Spoons are something like my like card, It's like a, fa- like a fast card game. Yeah, you have to grab the spoon at the end. Yeah. Like it's, an actual spoon? Yeah. Like, oh, no. It's sort of like a version of mu- musical chairs. Okay. Where you don't want to be yeah. the last person standing. With So it's getting you're the spoon good or fast, bad. Yeah, good, because you're, like, you're passing yeah. cards really fast. And like you're only allowed to hold a certain number of cards at a time, and then you pass one. Okay. And you're trying to get like multiples of. You want to get all of the of the same number, not necessarily of, of of the same suit. Sure. So if so if we're playing, and I'm trying to maybe I'm trying to get sevens. Mm-hmm. So I get a card and I, I pass it down, and you're trying to get something, and we're all trying to get different things, and the one who gets, the one who gets it first. Grabs a spoon, so and everyone work. else who doesn't have a spoon grabs it, and who and whoever winds up not grabbing the spoon mm-hmm. loses. So you're out. So but you're the out. fun part about the whole game is everyone's moving so frantically because you have to go fast to do it. Oh. So like you can like subtly just take a spoon, and Correct. like some people don't even notice. Correct. That oh, a spoon okay. Is gone yeah, it's because... like when you like put your finger on your nose. hundred like, like percent. Oh yeah, like it's a nose ghost situation. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Cool. This game. Is nothing like spoons. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. However, it's already in my mind of like, how can I make spoons work on a podcast? I know, right? <laughs> um, this is a time travel game okay. that these two have played before. Yes. Um, but I'll explain for everyone because I even had to remind myself of the rules as I wrote them down this morning. Great. Basically, you'll pick an actor out of the pile of show cards I have in front of me. Right. You will send them back in time to a show that they couldn't possibly have been in. So just mm-hmm. dreamcast them in a show from the past. Then, and this is also a game of speed, kind of, so you have like 30 seconds to think of this. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it's a gut reaction, send them back in time. Then, very quickly, take someone from the show you've brought them to, to the present Broadway season. Let me ask you this. Yes. Do, does it look so far that my dyslexia has kicked in? If it looks that way. No, no you're good. Okay. You look really okay, good. Okay, and interested. <laughs> okay, so it looks as though I'm following this completely. Yes. Yeah, in my head yeah. I was like, okay. what an engaged okay. man okay. right okay. now. <laughs> this and is, let's, let's, hold on, let, let, me, let, me, let me say this. When I was in fourth grade, yes. okay. my, my teacher, Mrs. Blumenfeld, from nursery through fourth grade, I was tracking everything. Okay. Everything that all the teachers were saying, I was getting what they were saying. When Miss Blumenfeld started talking about the Mesopotamian Wars uh-huh. in fourth grade. Okay. It's quite a fourth grade class. <laughs> <laughs> I came up with this expression that I've used for the rest of my life, which was, 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Which means I have no idea what you're talking about. But please, I'm going to play along. Please move on yeah. to someone else. Okay. Okay, they'll both go first so okay. we can yeah. see if we okay. all sure, remember sure. how to play. Okay. So okay. take someone from the past, bring them to the present, take someone from the show you've brought to the present okay. into a future show that doesn't exist yet. Got it. Okay. Sure. Just let me just make one yes. more uh, uh-huh. disqualifying note. Um, <laughs> treat me like I'm six. Great. Okay. And we'll do well. Okay. okay. Treat me like I'm seven. We're in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> There's a very specific threshold. <laughs> All right. He actually is a six-year-old boy. That's right, really right, fantastic. All right. All right. I just picked Alexandra Silber, friend oh, of the show. Oh, love her. Uh, and I'm gonna send her back. Um, to do the original um, Camelot. Ooh. Oh. Uh, but I'm going to, because I'm going to take Julie Andrews okay. with me. Uh, like Primetime Julie Andrews. Switch them out. Primetime Julie Andrews. Yep. That's her, that was her nickname. Yes, back then. Um, Primetime Julie Andrews, and I'm going to put her in. Uh, it has to be from this season? Yes. Okay, so we have Al Silber going back to do Camelot. Yes. And we have. Um, Julie Andrews. Julie Andrews. Primetime Julie Andrews. Primetime Julie Andrews coming to the present to do... Um, yeah, January's a weird season. A weird time yeah, in the I'll season to be playing this game. But. Uh, is coming back to do... Uh, I believe in you. Oh, no. I can't think... Anything. I, I literally Anything. can't think of one, bro. I'm like, working at Chipotle? <laughs> 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 um... <laughs> um, <laughs> um <laughs> Uh, a cold stone creamer. She can yeah. see from her tips. Um, you're supposed to only take no. 30 seconds. Probably. I know, I've yeah, failed. You're, you've totally failed uh, this game. Just what? name the first show that comes to your head. It can be from like, it could have closed this year as well. Sure. I, I uh, oh, okay. I'm thinking differently. I'm thinking of her at her age now. That's no, no, I no, no. You're mistake. taking her right. from prime, prime time. time. Yeah. Sorry. Oh, I'm, so, I'm so terrible. Um, I would want to see her in. Uh, um, I would I would see her do Wicked. Yeah. In yeah. which role? She, which one? Uh, depends what night you go. <laughs> <laughs> she does Wicked in rep. In rep is both roles. Yeah. And Nessa Rose on Saturday. Uh, yeah. I suit up no, she, yeah, she, Defying <laughs> gravity. <laughs> All right, so take someone from the current cast of Wicked. Oh. And put them back somewhere? <laughs> no, give them a future. Oh, give them an even... Oh, I, okay. Um, Make one up. Okay, I think, I, think so. I think Glinda is Amanda Jane Cooper. I think so. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to send her into the future uh, for... Um, uh, I can't wait for Kevin's turn. Yeah, because my turn is terrible. I'm doing a, <laughs> I'm doing a very bad job of... We could have done three games of <laughs> spoons during this game. I, I just want you to know that. Uh, um, I can't wait till we teach Brian how to play spoons. I know, that'd be fun. <laughs> I don't know, it's a good one. I'm, 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 I can't even think of anything right now. Senator, the, I don't know, like an adult in version Prada. of the Sandlot? Oh, like a f- new show. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, she the future. Would, yeah, so in the future, she's in. Uh, she's she's one of the girls in a. Uh, um, uh, uh, oh my gosh, one of the Rockford Peaches. A league of their own. She's one of the league of your own girls. Okay. Yeah. Great. You did it, Brian. Thanks. You got Yay. through. All right, Kevin, show us how it's done. Okay, so <laughs> I have Emily Patchett. 
Great. So I would send Emily Paget back in time to be the original Sally Bowles in Cabaret. Okay. Oh, okay. I think that could be fun. Um, and then I'll take like primetime Joel Gray. Mm-hmm, primetime Joel Gray. And bring him to this season where I would have him playing. Who would I put Joel Gray as? I would make Joel Gray play an interesting choice, uh, Phantom of the Opera. Okay. And then I would take... Interesting's a word for that. Wouldn't that be interesting <laughs> to see Joel Gray be the Phantom? I thought we were going to be like, play the same role in Moulin Rouge. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think take he'd be a really interesting yeah. choice Phantom. Yeah, okay. Um, and then I would take Megan... Oh, P- that's just because you wanted Megan. I did. Okay. And then I could take Megan Paterno, who is the current Christine, and I would take her forward into um, a... I'm just going to steal it. A musical adaptation of The Sandlot. And she would play the sexy uh, girl who's the lifeguard sure. that they're all in love with. Who the one kid like fakes to drown so number. he can kiss her. Yeah. And that would, <laughs> it would be the opera number when she dives into the water to save him. So that would oh, be... Oh, it's like a synchronized swimming opera number? Yes. Yes. <laughs> because he's like in a dream state when she's like saving him out of the water. So it would be this whole like siren song kind of like operatic number. Cool. That sounds very fun. So that would be that. Okay. And that's how it's done, Brian. <laughs> the, the good news, guys, is uh-huh. I guarantee you, you will never have a guest who knows fewer of these people. <laughs> <laughs> and especially, the irony is someone who's been involved with over 140 Broadway shows. Yeah. Uh, if we were doing a game about the people who were in Young and Restless. Oh, oh. That's, that's, your, that's your jam? That's, that's my jam. I've watched it ever since its first show for like 45 years ago, and I've not missed an episode. Is that the one with Luke and Laura, or no? No, no that's... Okay. No. Uh, no. Those, no. Is that General Hospital? The, those are just soap operas. Young and Restless is Shakespeare in the afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> I've never watched The Young and the Restless. Oh, my God. My mom was a Days of Our Lives girl. I've, I've learned everything. Everything, everything in life came from the Young and Restless. So well, can I'm we gonna, find someone who was so, in the Young and the Restless? <laughs> so I'm not going to be. I, I I hardly knew any of the people that you even mentioned, and hardly knew any of those shows. Sure. So you're sure you still want to do this? You can try your best with me. Okay. You can pick musicians from the pit instead of actors. If well, you no. Want. Let, let, let's give this okay. a shot. All right. So you and Kimberly can tag team at a turn. Okay. I have no idea who this person is, so let's start with that. Great. His name is Derek Klenna. Okay. He's he was cur- just in... Oh, he's currently, he's currently in, in Jagged, Jagged Little, Little Pill. Pill. Okay. He plays a teenager. Okay. He's like that like pretty boy belter. Okay. He was in Carrie off-Broadway and Anastasia on-Broadway. Okay. None of those shows was I involved with. Okay. What else okay. was he um, He was in Wicked Dog at one fight. point, right? He wasn't wicked at some no, point. No, I don't Fiero. say that as, I mean, I, yeah, yeah. I say that yeah, yeah. that's, that's one reason why if he walked in the room, I would have no idea right, who he was. Right, because you're listening to the bass. Correct. Yeah. Right. Correct. I would ask him who the bass player is. <laughs> and I'd be very disappointed if, if he said, uh, not only didn't he know, but, oh, was there a bass in the show? <laughs> so... So now I'm supposed to take this person that I don't know who he is yes. and put him in a show... From the past. From, from the past. Yes. yes. Okay. And he's young, so any show, really. Okay. <laughs> what was the show that Lincoln was watching when John Wilkes Booth shot him? Uh, oh. oh, my cousin. My... The American cousin. Yeah, the American cousin. My cousin Vinny? 
<laughs> I think it was called the American My American Cousin. It was called Our American Cousin. Our American Ooh, Cousin. Look at my history Close knowledge. Okay, so, so you're taking Derek Clinton okay. back to Our American Cousin. Yes. yes. And then I have to take someone who was in that show. In that show. Yes. And bring them forward. I think you just won if you go the way that I think you're going. <laughs> no, well, let's say... Let's say we were going to take Abraham Lincoln. Okay. okay. Yeah. And we were going to put a put big put part of that show. show that night. Guys, yeah. I'm going to say the most obvious thing. I mean, okay. this, this is so unbelievably yeah. obvious. I'd have him play the Tina Turner role. I love it. Oh. Okay. Abraham Lincoln as Tina Turner? Yes. <laughs> you yeah. I'd take Tom Wolf's food and put him so, into Assassin's Yeah, so I was thinking <laughs> that too. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> that would be so meta. <laughs> <laughs> Assassins with John Wilkes Booth. <laughs> Great idea. At the booth. At the booth. At the booth. Uh, uh, uh. Take that, Hugh Jackman. <laughs> take that. Great idea. I'm a star. Great idea. That's incredible. Oh, uh, no, oh my so you goodness. make you make Abraham play Tina Turner. I like that. Yeah. And so then you have to pick somebody from Tina Turner and imagine a new show for them. Okay. So it I could take be the Adri- I take Ad- Adrian. Perfect. Yes. She can do literally anything. And yes. I have to put her in a new you show? You can cast yeah. her in any show. A show that's been written or a show that hasn't Not been yet. A show that hasn't been written if you want. Or a revival of something that exists. Young and the Restless, the musical? Okay. Yeah, you can put her in Young and the Restless. No, Could I, they encapsulate that show in one no, musical? I, I think if there's going to be a mu- musical of that... I'm going to do it as a one-man musical. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> play all the roles. That would be so good. Uh, and then you turn to young and restless. <laughs> In the program, would you say uh, the young and your name? Yeah. The, the restless, restless your, your name. name. <laughs> or as, or as John one of, Miller is. Or the as, young and as my granddaughter once called it, the hung and breathless. <laughs> yeah, I watch that show. <laughs> so I have to put Adrian in, in, in a show. You just imagine yeah. a show for her. She's already Tina Turner. I don't think this is going to take as much time as yours did, but it might take half the time <laughs> that, that, that yours did. Um, oh, you know what? Mm-hmm. I'd like to see her in uh, Slava. Slava's snowshoes. Oh. In Slava's snowshoes. Yes. Yes. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. I think you mean snowshoes. <laughs> <laughs> I, me and Brian went to see that, and he was like, so we're seeing Slava snowshoes? And I was like, I mean, they might be in the show because he's wearing them. But Did he wear snowshoes? Yeah. Yeah, because they're in the snow. Yeah. Okay. Would she play Slava? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. That would be challenging cool. for her, but I would love that. She'd be great. Yeah. That was super fun. Kimberly? All right. What Christopher Fitzgerald. Okay. Oh, solid. He goes back to the original cast of A Funny Thing Happened on the Way to the Forum. Oh, great oh, choice. Duh. Yeah, duh. In any role, really. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, well, you could do any of it. Yeah. Um, and then I bring Zero Mostel. Mm-hmm. Was he the boss? What? No, he well, was, he was but, Oh, I was thinking... Uh, oh, How to Succeed. How to Succeed. Uh. Oh. Oh, he'd be good in that, too. He would be great right. in that. But no. Okay, I'm funny bring thing, you're taking Zero Mistel. Back. And now I can't think of any show but Moulin Rouge. Oh, that's that? a great yeah. one. Yeah, but I think he replaces Danny Burstein in Moulin Rouge. I okay, love that. perfect. And then. Imagine that Tony winning show for Danny. 
<laughs> oh, what would it be? What gets him his Tony? You know where I put him, Brian? Where? In a league of their own. Oh, yeah. As the Tom, As the Tom Hanks, Hanks part. part. Oh, oh that's There's great. no crying in baseball. Crying? There's no crying. That wins. You look like a penis Tony. with a hat on. So good. Uh, we're no, going to win. You misunderstood me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, the we're going to win moment yeah. turns into a whole montage. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I just got goosebumps. This is great. I'm in. <laughs> okay, done. Well, on that note, let's throw it to Kevin, who, while here, is also somewhere else catching up with a friend of the show. Hey guys, Kevin here, interrupting your regularly scheduled episode to bring you another fun little chat with my buddy, Haley Pachoon. Hey Haley. Hi friends. So to recap, remind me what it is that you're doing creatively and creating this new cool project that everyone should check out. So I created a new YouTube series called The Broadway Bachelorette, where every Tuesday I recap all things Bachelor Nation from my bed with my co-host Maisie, who's my dog. (laughs) And I have a guest, which is normally one of our most favorite Broadway friends. Oh, I love that. Me too. And it comes out on Tuesdays because the show actually airs on Mondays. Yes, every Tuesday afternoon. um, It's in the afternoon on Tuesdays because I film it Tuesday morning. Awesome. And you don't even have to watch The Bachelor if you don't, because I don't personally watch The Bachelor, but I watch The Bachelor, uh, the Broadway Bachelorette because it's fun people that I know. They're hanging out in bed with sleep masks and just <laughs> giggling and saying silly stuff. Uh, so who are some of the people that have been on the show? Uh, so many friends of the show. Sarah Jenkins, Michael Campano, Kimberly Cooper. Yeah, I don't know who that is. I've never heard of her. <laughs> never um, heard of her. Kate Lopress. We have a really fun, actually, a guest plus for the finale show, uh, oh. which I'm excited for everyone to tune into that. And that the show is running till when is the finale? I'm still trying to figure that out from Google. I can't really tell. I think it's either it's either mo- two Mondays from now, which would be March what the tenth, the seventeenth. So the finale would either, I believe, be March 10th or March 11th. I can't tell if it's a two-part finale ah, or yeah, what. Yeah, shows like to do that. Mm-hmm. So what has been one of your favorite parts of this season? Has there been, like, a really great moment? This whole season has been so boring. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess I really liked... What about Champagne Gate 2020? Champagne Gate was pretty good. <laughs> Victoria F. State when her ex-boyfriend showed up and was <sighs> the well when they showed up and her ex-boyfriend was the performer, the musical guest for that date. That was really what? uncomfortable, and I kind of I was very shocked that the producers did that, but I also was happy because it was great television. Yeah. It's like good, like skin crawling time. Yes. <laughs> and recently, Madison, she only just now shared that she is saving herself for marriage right before the home or sorry right before the overnight dates which you should have shared that beforehand so oh. now peter has stooped both other ladies and she's very upset about it and she has left oh so i guess we have the a good, drama yeah of course the most dramatic season ever i love it so we've got some good stuff coming up and you've been watching the show for a while since season one baby. is there an amazing like which season would you say is like the pinnacle of the show. Well, my most favorite Bachelor or Bachelorettes, I love the original Trista. She was the original Bachelorette. I loved her. She married Ryan? Are they the yes. ones that are like in People Gorgeous. Magazine all the time? Yep, and- they live in Colorado. They have beautiful children. I loved Ben Higgins' season. I auditioned to be on his season. I did, did not you really? make it. Oh, mm-hmm. no. It was very sad. Um, 
Who else was good? Chris Sewell's season was kind of fun just because he was like Farmer farmer Chris. Mm-hmm. Um, Which is funny to think of all those like glamorous girls in like little tiny mini dresses trying to win a farmer. Yes. All they wanted to do was like move to <laughs> Iowa. And I'm like, do you really? I really, I love The Bachelorette though. I loved Caitlyn's season. I really loved Hannah's season recently because she was just this strong like take no prisoners I loved her. Oh, I love that. Okay, so The Bachelor is all about, like, the love and romance and things like that, which makes me think of a show like The Match Game. <gasps> yes. Um, so, which, actually, no, that's not what I mean. Uh, I, I'm calling it The Match Game because it's, like, people matching, but I mean more like the, the dating show and there's, like, Bachelor 1, Bachelor 2, oh, and Bachelor yeah. 3. Yeah, yeah. So, um, the dating I... The game. The dating game, right? Yeah. Is that what it's called? I think so. Well, that's what we'll call it. We'll call it the match game dating game. So this is Haley and I playing the match game dating game where Haley is the uh, bachelorette. I am. And I have uh, bachelor one, bachelor two, and bachelor three who are all Broadway characters. Oh, God. Okay. So you are going to ask questions to each of the bachelors and try to figure out who they are from my answers. Oh, God. I don't know any musicals. So here we go. So, okay. So go ahead. Uh, Bachelor number one. Do you have a question for him? Bachelor number one, where would you take me to dinner on a date? Well, I would probably take you to a restaurant, but not a busy restaurant, because I like to make sure that there's lots of empty chairs and tables in that part of the place, <laughs> so we can sit wherever we want. Do I say who I think yeah. it is? Oh, wait, I don't remember his name. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> empty chairs and empty tables. Um, it's 24601 guy, right? Uh, that's my father-in-law. Um, I don't know their names. They all sing the same song. There's like, there's a Javert I know. That's there's a bad guy. Angel Auroras. Auroras, yeah. Yep. And Gavroche. Yep. I don't know which one sings. And, and Cosette is married to... Couldn't tell you. Marius. There you go. Marius. You knew the show. Something. (laughs) All right, we'll move on to Bachelor number two. That was a great answer. (laughs) Bachelor number two. What's your your question for him, Haley? Bachelor number two. If we were to watch something on Netflix. Bachelor number two. If we were to watch something on Netflix, what would we watch? Um, I would probably want to watch a dark brooding show that would have a lot of like intense music in it with like a little bit of like an like a 80s mega musical rock edge are you andrew lloyd weber (laughs) (laughs) Um, andrew lloyd weber is my creator can i ask another question of course um bachelor number two what books do you read hmm I would say that I read history books about uh, Paris, and I like to read librettos. Are you the Phantom of the Opera? I am. <laughs> I almost asked you where I'm asked. <laughs> I do, unless you rip it off really dramatically. Okay, so now we'll uh, meet Bachelor number three. So, Haley, do you have any questions for Bachelor number three? Bachelor number three... Would you ever take me dancing? Uh, no, I don't think I would take you dancing because I get really, really nervous in social situations. So I don't know if I would be comfortable with that. But we could go look at trees. Lots of trees. I know lots of stuff about trees. 
You can ask another question if you want. Bachelor number three, do you paint? I, I don't really paint, but I might lie about it and say that I paint. Because if that's what you like, then I'll totally lie and say I'm a painter. A big liar. Wait, trees? Trees. Everyone who's listening is like, it's this, Amy. <laughs> <laughs> you can ask more questions. Oh, my God. <clears throat> I don't know any musicals. Um, bachelor number three. If you were to cook me dinner, what would you cook me? Um, I would probably, uh, order takeout, but I would make you call and talk to the person because I don't like talking on the phone, but my mom would leave money so we wouldn't have to worry about paying for it. And I would just, it would be nice to be alone and it just be us and only us. And what came before won't count anymore. <laughs> Bachelor number three. I'm, I'm also so sorry. in high school, so like oh, maybe Jesus. we should then actually I... put that out there. I'm a junior in high school, <laughs> I think, maybe a senior, depending on the timeline of when you are in the show. <laughs> and also, like, you might have to help me with stuff because, like, I only have one working arm at the, <laughs> at the time. Oh, Bachelor number three. Are you. Do you wear blue shirts? I do. They're my favorite. Um, uh, and um, maybe you could sign my cast. There's yeah, not just one name on it. Your name's not Connor. You're Evan Hansen. That is. <laughs> <laughs> and this has been the dating game match game with Haley Pachoon. So make sure to listen in to Haley's The Broadway Bachelorette. You can see it on YouTube. Uh, also check out her out on Instagram where she has a lot of information about that as well. How do we find you on Instagram? Instagram is at. Haley, H-A-Y-L-E-Y underscore P-O-D-S-C-H-U-N. All right. So make sure to check out the Broadway Bachelorette and hang out with Haley in her bedroom with her dog and a lot of cool Broadway guests, uh, including a lot of friends of the show. So check it out. And now this will get you guys back to the episode where you can listen in with Kimberly and Brian and that really devilishly handsome and suave and beautiful man. Cool worthy, too. Yeah all the drools for Kevin. So enjoy that and have fun with the episode, guys. Take care. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Thanks, Kevin. So, John, it is the 10-year anniversary of your album, Stage Door Johnny, and you're re-releasing it, right? Correct. Um, so, if you want to know the track listing, please go back to the beginning of this episode. <laughs> I'd like a copy of that. Yeah. <laughs> I can put that on my website. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but uh, tell us a little bit about the 
creation of this album and why you thought now's the right time to kind of bring it back? You know, most albums that I know, CDs that I know, mm-hmm. albums that I've listened to, albums that we all know, whoever the artist was or the producer, they had a concept in mind. Mm-hmm. Let's do an album of this person's songs, of my songs, do an album of love songs, do an album of show songs, do an album of this composer and stuff. Sure. And well thought out, an album with a particular sound of, of, of one particular band. Of, uh, you know, it'll all be kind of bossa nova-ish, stuff mm-hmm. like that. That's the way that smart people come up with doing an album. <laughs> My the way this came about had nothing to do with that. You were just listening to the bass line. No, <laughs> no, because I wasn't at a Broadway show. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Most musicians I know, or many musicians I know, play other instruments as a hobby. Mm-hmm. Sure. I love to tell the story of the uh, woman I know who's a uh, uh, oboe player who plays the bagpipes. Oh. oh. There's a French horn player who's a wonderful jazz piano player. So these are the things they just do at their own, on their own time. Wow. Mm-hmm. For me, it's always been the guitar. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know what I'm doing on the guitar, but it sounds really like I do know what I'm doing. <laughs> and it reminds me of the time when I was... One time I was playing bass with, with Joni Mitchell, mm-hmm. and I uh, wow. leaned over to her and I said... Joni, what's that chord that, that you're playing? And she leaned back at me. She leaned back at me and she said, "I have absolutely no idea." <laughs> <laughs> so I would come home from a day of schlepping the bass around town, a day of doing music coordinating stuff, mm-hmm. and it'd be late at night. I'd come home around twelve thirty at night. My wife Connie would be asleep. Our dog Doodle would be asleep, and mm-hmm. I'd be wide awake. Mm-hmm. So I'd uh, turn on the TV, either watch that day's Young and Restless, mm-hmm. or a basketball game, sure. or some cops and robbers movie, mm-hmm. some boy movie, and I'd pick up the guitar, and I'd just start noodling around on the guitar mm-hmm. with no agenda, no idea about anything. And I'd be sitting there, and I'd be playing... D chord, B minor 7, D chord, B minor 7. Oh, look at that great basketball shot that guy did. D minor. (laughs) Oh, I can't believe that that guy's now going to go out with his wife's sister on Young and Restless. (laughs) (laughs) D minor, B7, D chord, B minor 7. Oh, man, I I can't believe. Oh, what a great car chase. D chord, (laughs) B minor 7. And all of a sudden out of the bowels, out of someplace so deep, I hear myself singing, all I want is a room somewhere. I had no concept of singing a Broadway song, mm-hmm. no yeah. concept of singing a song from uh, uh, um, My Fair Lady, no concept of singing uh, Wouldn't It Be Lovely. Mm-hmm. That's how all those tunes came about. Mm-hmm. From late night just meandering around with the guitar and they all came about that way. Clearly, these songs must have been so primal in my gene pool right. that they just emerged. And being a sort of a limited guitar playing, mm-hmm. I can only play it the way that I play it. 
Sure. So uh, as a bass player, I'm trained to play when someone says, here's what I'd like you to do, here's what I'd like you to do. As a guitar player, ain't no such animal. Mm -hmm. I can't do what you want me to do. Right. I can only do what I do, which is why I'm not going to ask you to pay me a dime to play guitar at your party. Mm -hmm. Right. So that's how they came to be. And... uh, I mean, that was the essence yeah. of, of, of how it all came And together. they all feel and sound in, in, a, in a positive way, so casual and yes. kind of primal and, and the way you describe it and kind of like this, these are, have always been in, like we were born knowing these songs. Right. Um, right. I, I, guess, I mean, it's the 10-year anniversary re-release. Like what, what, what kind of, what sparked the want or the need to kind of put it back out there again? I was driving back from the country with a friend of mine. I hadn't heard the album for a long time, and nothing sounds better than it does in your own car. Oh, oh for yeah. sure. And we're listening to it, and I hadn't heard it in a long time, and he hadn't heard it in a long time. He said, this is, like, unbelievable. And I'm sitting there, and I'm, and I'm listening to it, very objective. I said, it really sounds great. He said, you should do something with it now. I said, you're absolutely right. (laughs) (laughs) And here we are. And here it is. And here we are. Um, You said you were driving? Yeah. Where were you driving from? Well, I have a house up in the Berkshires. Oh, cool. Do you usually stop off at Tuesdays in the Corner corner with Kevin? It's Kevin's Corner. I'm sorry. So now we (laughs) transition into Kevin's Corner, which is And a great transition, (laughs) let me say. And this is where I have uh, three highly researched questions from my time on Wikipedia. And um, today's the name game, so we're just going to jump into a, a bunch of people named John Miller. And go down a rabbit hole and see what happens, and then it'll end up with a question that you can answer, hopefully. Okay. So here we go. <clears throat> question one. Your name is John Miller, just like Sir Jonathan Wolf Miller, an English theater and opera director, actor, author, television presenter, humorist, and medical doctor. After training in medicine and specializing in neurology in the late 1950s, he, became, he came to prominence in the early 60s in the comedy review Beyond the Fringe. Fringe science, on the other hand, is an inquiry in an established field of study which departs significantly from mainstream theories in that field and is considered to be questionable by the mainstream. The term covers everything from novel hypotheses, which can be tested by means of the scientific method, to wild ad hoc hypotheses and mumbo-jumbo, which has resulted in the tendency to dismiss all fringe science as the domain of pseudoscientists, hobbyists, and cranks. Crank That Soldier Boy, however, <laughs> is a debut single by American rapper Soldier Boy Tellum that caused what has been called the biggest dance fad since the Macarena, with an instructional video on YouTube for the dance, the dance for the song that surpassed 27 million views by early 2008. So, my question is, if you had to make an instructional video for YouTube right now, but it couldn't be teaching how to do anything musical or related to your profession... What would you make an instructional video about? First of all, let me say, for the great drummer that you are, you read very, very well. <laughs> I also want to say, remember that fourth grade Mesopotamia face you mentioned earlier? I saw it again. <laughs> I would do a, I would do how to take a nap video. <laughs> that would go viral. Yeah. Are you really good at taking naps? 
very good at taking. <laughs> <laughs> He's so good. You didn't see him fall asleep during your question. <laughs> Is that what happens while I'm reading? <laughs> I'm always staring at the words, being like, "Don't mess up." Oh, you messed up. Keep going. <laughs> awesome. Well, here's question two. Your name is John Miller, just like John Miller or Johann Sebastian Müller, a German engraver and botanist active in London who married twice and had 27 children. Whoa. And but only married twice? Yeah. Those poor women. I know. And whose work included a 20-part series, Illustratio Systematis Sexualis Lineal, or Illustrations of the Sexual System of Linealis, which is like a leaf or something. Linealis sounds like Linus, as in Linus Van Pelt, the fictional best friend of Charlie Brown and famous blanket lover, who is a younger brother of Lucy Van Pelt and older brother of Rerun Van Pelt. Have you ever heard of him? Rerun? Yes. Yeah. I've never heard of him. I've never heard of Rerun. But I've seen, <laughs> but I've seen reruns of, of shows which are rebroadcast of episodes of television or radio programs. There are two types of reruns. Those that occur during a hiatus and those that occur when a program is syndicated. Yes. So my question is, if you had to cast a musical fantasy version of characters from highly syndicated TV shows, who would you cast as the following characters? Who would you cast to play Alex Trebek from Jeopardy? Are you guys familiar with the TV show Dragnet? Yes. Yes. <clears throat> no. mm -hmm. Jack Webb. Oh, that's who you'd make for Alex Trebek? Absolutely. Cool. That's a Absolutely. really good one. That's a good choice. <clears throat> Who would you cast as Marge Simpson from The Simpsons? B. Arthur. Oh, B. Oh. Arthur would be an incredible yes. Marge Simpson. Yes. That's amazing. <laughs> um, who would you cast to play Lieutenant Mitch Buchanan, who was David Hasselhoff? On Baywatch. He was a lieutenant? Yeah, he was like a... Lifeguards can be lieutenants? Lieutenant yeah, they were probably once in the Navy or, or like Coast Guard or something like that. And they just put the patch on their skin? Yes. yes. Okay. Exactly. And what what would be the role again? To so it's called Lieutenant work? Mitch Buchanan. He's just like a sexy, hunky lifeguard. Cass Elliot oh. of the Mamas and Papas. All right. Oh, okay. I like that. And the last one is Inspector Gadget from Inspector Gadget. <laughs> it was a cartoon show that was based on Get Smart. So it's like a dim-witted detective. That's what the role was. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Dim-witted thinner. I, I'd, I'd go against character. Okay. I'd cast Obama. Oh. <laughs> I want to see Obama. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just want him to fly over the city <laughs> in this weird little hat. I would watch that in a second. Correct. Oh, my God. I'm so Correct. obsessed oh, with that. Best Netflix show ever. <laughs> Correct. 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 Four more seasons. Four more seasons. <laughs> okay. All right. And last question. You're killing it. Okay. Question three. Your name is John Miller, just like John William Miller, an American philosopher and idealist, or in the idealist tradition. His principal philosophic ambitions. Oh, that's a word. His principal philosophic am philosophical. Just, just let me interrupt. You're losing points as a dr drummer. <laughs> <laughs> like my is thrown yeah. out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so his principal philosophical ambitions were, one, to reconcile the idealism of Josiah Royce and the pragmatism of William James. Okay. Obviously. And number two, to integrate philosophical thought and historical thought. A thought-terminating cliche, however, also known as semantic stop sign, a thought stopper, a bumper sticker logic or cliche thinking is a form of loaded language commonly used to 
propagate cognitive dissonance. Depending on context in which a phrase or cliche is used, it may actually be valid and not qualify as thought terminating. It does qualify as such when its application intends to dismiss dissent or justify uh, fallacious logic. Mm-hmm. Its only function is to stop an argument from proceeding further. In other words, end the debate with a cliche, not a point. A point mutation or substitution is a generic a genetic mutation <laughs> where a single nucleotide base is changed, inserted, or deleted from a sequence of DNA or RNA. Point mutations have a variety of effects on the downstream protein product. Consequences... Excuse me, can I interrupt for a second? Yes. Does your audience stay on with this thing? Or, or, or do they hit delete? This is their favorite on? part. <laughs> they, they skip forward ahead 15 seconds. Until I'm done talking. Just to get to the question. <laughs> 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 would that we could do that in real life. <laughs> so my question is, what's your favorite smell? Mm. Huh. Mm. I've, I've had a couple of them rec- recently. Uh, I'm trying to think what they were. There were a couple of recently. That Napalm, I, the smell were, of victory. No, no, where, 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 where I was, I just stopped in my tracks. I smelled this. Where was I? I think I was at some... I, I know where I was. Someone was making cinnamon buns, mm. and I stopped. was it Auntie Anne? No, it <laughs> was some funky little, funky little store in uh, Copaic Lake, New York. Oh, and mm. they were baking them, and I stopped. I went in to get a newspaper, and I stopped, and I just sat there. Stood, I stood there and just took in the, the aroma and stuff. And then, I, and then I asked, what is that? They told me what it was. And then I said, are they ready to come out? <laughs> <laughs> and they said, come back in two hours. And that was it. I left. But I'll never forget that moment. Oof. That's amazing. Cinnamon Buds is a good choice. Oh, yeah. I and this has been Kevin's Corner. You did Yay. good. You made it through. <laughs> you made it out. You made it through. <laughs> uh, so we're going to do something now called Story Time. Oh, okay. Ooh, okay. Um, I'm did gonna you bring you, a book? Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to Story Time. No, um, I'm going to give you three topics. Let me tell you something about yeah. sto- stories. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. That I don't think I've shared with anyone. Mm. I met my wife, Connie Barron, when we were both at University of Michigan and when she was in uh, West Side Story. Mm -hmm. And I was the bass player. Mm -hmm. Um, And all she heard was you. No. (laughs) (laughs) No. No. All I saw was her. Fair. But uh, she was hearing a lot more. She was hearing a lot more. And she wound up marrying the violinist. In the show. Okay. Okay. Uh, this but, we, but we stayed friends. I, I had a crush on her since 1963. Sure. She came. She was married, divorced. I was married, divorced. We, we, we met each other again. She came back to New York. And we've been now married for about 21 years. Uh-huh. Right? Every single night for at least the last 21 years, and maybe the last 22 years, every single night when we go to bed, I make up a story for her. Always a different story. 
Just I from scratch, it. you make it from up? From scratch. Oh, that's amazing. And recently, I've come up with a character. A recurring? A recurring character, yes. which we've never had before. Okay. Lima Bean, the baby pig. <laughs> Does he get into trouble? Different things happen. Uh, you can call me up around 2 o'clock tonight when I wake up Connie, and I'll tell her the story. <laughs> you wake her up? I'll, I'll, I'll put the phone there, and you can listen to the <laughs> But it, it always starts... We'll cut it into this episode. <laughs> but this is the only time that I've ever... So I've never repeated a story. But this is the mm-hmm. only time I've had a recurring character. Okay. Now, I've asked her and the grandkids, sometimes when I'm going to take a nap, I will ask the kids to come up and tell me a story. Okay. And I give them an extra five bucks if they will have a character in it, a, a dashing swashbuckler <laughs> named Johnny Miller. <laughs> 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 the older ones now ask for twenty dollars. Right, yeah. <laughs> They're like, he's like, really dashing. Yeah. <laughs> he <laughs> ships. Anyway, I'm sorry. I, no, I, I, I interrupted your. Uh, that was really. That was great. About story. I was going to say. Um, so I'm going to give you three options, and you tell us a story. Okay. You can either tell us a story about. You being on Mozart in the Jungle? Okay. Oh, so these are r- real things. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 okay, yeah. sorry. Okay. No, this was great. I love that. Okay. That was amazing. Okay. Um, you you make one up, too. You okay. can tell us a story uh, about Deep Throat. Right. Or you can tell us a story about playing for Sinatra. Okay. Well, which one would you like to hear? They're all great stories. <gasps> Kevin, Kimberly, I leave it to you. Deep Throat. Yeah. All right, Deep Throat okay. it is. Okay. 1974, at around 7 o'clock at night, I get a phone call from a guy named Jerry. Jerry says, uh, could I get a bunch of musicians together and book a recording studio in one hour? I said, Jerry, not a problem. So I call my friend Bob Rose on guitar, Stan Schwartz on saxophone and piano, and Jimmy Young on drums, who also was an engineer at a recording studio. Okay. So we get down there one hour later. Made it happen. And I meet Jerry. Jerry has no music whatsoever. I said, Jerry, not a problem. I said, what, what do you have in mind? He says, well, for the first tune, uh, for the first scene, I need something that's kind of like, like a bump, bump and grind kind of stuff. I said, Jerry, not a problem. Guys, shuffle in the key of E. Jimmy, hit the record button. Just, just as we're about to do it, Jerry says, but hold on. I need, I need a specific ending. I need it to sound like, um, like water gushing out of a hose. <laughs> So I, of course, assume it's going to be a scene about landscaping, right? Right, obviously. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. So <laughs> I, this is I, maybe my favorite tr- story I, of all time. Tr- I turn to the guys and I go, "Okay, here, here we go." And we start playing. Jerry's in the other room, thumbs up. Say, "I love it. I love it. I love it." And this is way before VCRs or something. So Jerry has a stopwatch and he's and he's looking at me. Five, four, three, two, one. I turn to Bob and the guitar, and Bob goes. Jerry says, "I love it. Done. That's it. That's how the rest of the session went. He just gave me an idea, and I said, guys." Here are the chord changes. Here's the groove. Jimmy, hit the record button. Boom. We play it. That's how every single tune 
happened. Talk about having a money note. Like <laughs> <laughs> about, about two hours in, in, into this, I see Jerry looking over his, his right shoulder and, and, and looking at his watch. He's kind of tense and stuff. And I say, Jerry, is there a problem? He said, well, the, the singer was supposed to be here about two hours ago. Mm. Now, at this point, we had a sneaky suspicion that this was going to be an adult film. Right. Right. right? So I About said, landscapers. So, <laughs> so I, I said to Jerry what any of us would have said to reassure Jerry. I said, Jerry, not to worry. I'm the Mel Torme of orgasm. <laughs> <laughs> so... <laughs> So he so so he he says, yeah, but 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 the singer had some uh, lyrics that I that I kind of needed for the film. I said, Jerry, just roll the tape, not to worry. <laughs> so I make this thing up as I go along, one take, making it up. He loves it. He says, done. For about two or three other tunes, that's how I became the singer on the movie. Deep throat. Oh, that's crazy. That is so and, insane. And, 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 which I'm sure it's not a surprise to you guys, being the smart, shrewd businessman that yeah. I am, I negotiated for 25 more dollars because I'm no dope. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, that story is so incredible. Uh, well, uh, we, we have some time. It's got a Sinatra story. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yes. Um, I'm playing with Sinatra at, uh, at Carnegie Hall. This was, I don't know, maybe 80s, something like that. This mm-hmm. is when there was a large orchestra. I'm playing with, like, six other string bass players mm-hmm. and huge orchestra of string players and his, a big band and his, his rhythm section. And it's, uh, I mean, it's really a, it's a monumental uh, experience and stuff. Mm-hmm. Now, I... I, I'm not like, I, it wasn't for me like, oh my God, I'm playing with Frank Sinatra. This mm-hmm. is like the greatest thing in my life. But I had on stage my first, and I've had very few of them, and I didn't know what it was, a panic attack. Hmm. Oh. On stage at Carnegie Hall playing with Frank Sinatra. Full, bloody, blown panic attack. The walls are shaking. Uh-huh. My spine is sweating. Mm-hmm. I want to bring no attention to myself. Sure. Because it's about Frank Sinatra mm-hmm. and not Johnny Miller's having a panic attack. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm playing and I, I'm no longer playing, but I don't want to bring any attention to myself. So I'm just sort of just moving the, the bass bow back and forth, mm-hmm. pretending to be playing. <clears throat> And I'm saying to myself, I hope I die. I just, I mean, I didn't know what this thing was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, you know, and like, okay. Well, anyway, the guy sitting next to me, the other other bass player, is Doug Romoff. It's Doug Romoff's father. Doug Romoff is a very good bass player. His father, big, big, burly, wonderful paternal, well, to me, paternal mm-hmm. guy. I'm in my 30s, something like that. Anyway, he says, 
don't worry, kid, everything will be okay. Just relax, just breathe and stuff. And so I'm doing this and I'm going through this stuff. And I'm like, Come fly with me yeah. and fly with it. And I'm dying. <laughs> <laughs> come fly with me, come shoot me. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Oh my gosh. Anyway, wow. the thing passed and then I, you know, looked a little into what was it was and it was a panic attack and the idea that, you know, it passes, and one does not die from a panic attack. Mm -hmm. But uh, what a time to get it! Correct. Uh, what yeah. a time to get it! Whew. What a time to get it! Well, on that note, that ends our episode. It does. Um, but <laughs> wow. thank you so much for taking You're the welcome, time guys. to Most hang out. Um, we uh, again remember the tenth anniversary edition of his acclaimed album "Stage Door Johnny." John Miller takes on Broadway. Um, you can go to johnmillerbass.com uh, and get more information there. You can get this um, uh, uh, there, and uh, you can follow him on Instagram. Instagram again, and we're going to post about this on ours. Of uh, you can follow us at Broad Wasted. Hey, that's us. Um, mm -hmm. You can find us, uh, join our Facebook group for some theater nerdy stuff. Um, you can find us on Spotify, iTunes, rate and review us there. Five, Five stars, stars, please. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> um, you can also find us on the Broadway Podcast Network. Oh, of course. Um, go there. Um, but we... What is it? BPN.FM backslash Broadway. That's right. Yeah. Um, and uh, we always end with a quote. We do. Well, hold on, sir. Yeah. Could you possibly find him on... Drummers that did not get called the word. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but, were, but were considered yes. for Tina. Yep. Yes. yes. Okay. I was trying to do the whole like mass singer thing, but like mass like the drummer. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, mass drummer, but you just, you just outed me to the world. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, perfect, uh, perfect segue to our quote. Oh. Yeah. Uh, Kevin left a good job in the city. Yes, working working for the man every day. Very very Never good. lost one minute of sleep and worrying about the way things might have been you know but, but as we all know big wheels keep on turning yeah, and proud Kevin keeps on yes. burning oh, he's rolling 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 on the river yeah. I really need DJ Ward to do that one night just like one night even just like one verse slipping proud Kevin proud Kevin keep on burning I'm like yes oh, start the campaign now start it start it um, hashtag proud Kevin <laughs> Um, for good, pride. Good pride like hashtag, though. For, for pride. Yeah. It's just going to be proud, Kevin. Ah, keep yeah. on rolling. <laughs> <laughs> well, on John, thank you so oh, much for joining you. us. Thank you, guys. The stories are wonderful. Um, we really appreciate you sharing, you know, what you do and the knowledge. And guess what? We would have another music coordinator. Yeah. <laughs> Not you, but we'd have another one. <laughs> no, but seriously, thank you so much. Everyone go see Tina. Um, and uh, what is it? Um, uh, Ain't Too Proud, Jersey Boys are ones that you've worked on that are currently still on Yeah, Broadway. we just, just last night was the last night of Waitress. Oh, oh yeah. right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, cheers to you. Thank, Thank you, you so much for joining. And as we end every episode, Zutu Wapum. Cheers. Cheers. Thank, Thank you, guys. You. Uh, and if you stay after the end cap of the episode, the, the outro. The nightcap, if you will. The nightcap, if you will, the outro. Right. Uh, we have a Wouldn't It Be Loverly track from uh, the album, so check it out. Thanks check again.
Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work 
or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R E R I S E T H E A T R E dot org because only together we rise. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.